This is the Saddler's Post, conversations on horses, leather trade, and the art of saddlery, with our host, Christian Love. Today on the Saddler's Post, I have with me Paul Smith of Albion Saddlemakers. Paul, welcome to the Saddler's Post podcast. Yeah, thank you, Christian. Good to be here. Yeah, I appreciate having you on. So, uh, you know, a, a disclosure at uh, at the beginning here that um, we both work for the same parent company, the Lim Group, and um, that um, we met uh, last year at um, one of the Albion meetings in uh, Wellington, Florida. And just chatting with you, I knew um, very early on in our conversation, I really wanted to have you on uh the Saddler's Post podcast, which, you know, the premise is to let um, people that are aspiring saddle makers, saddle fitters, um, you know, people in the equine industry that have, um, you know, are passionate about tack and tack design and things like that to, to meet people like yourself. So what's, um, you know, and, it, and it's about promoting the trade and, and you know, the positive uh, side of it. So I'd love people to get to know you. Um, you're not someone they would typically get to meet because you're, um, you know, kind of the backbone of, of the trade of the, of, of the company in a sense that you're in the shop, you're designing, you're making, um, you know, you're, you're making uh, people's saddle dreams kind of come to three-dimensional life. So, so Paul, tell me, you know, how did you get started in the trade? How long have you been in the trade? Um, I got started in the trade um, not long after I left school. It was about 12 months after I left school. Um, I, uh, my cousin, he, he was a saddler also. So he, um, he told me there was a friendships going at um, a place called Warsaw Riding, if anyone knows that company from old. Um, so I went for an apprenticeship there and I, I did, um, I think I did three years there. Um, and three years, it was a great, great place to work at the time. It was really, you know, the, the guys there were great and really knowledge, knowledgeable. And, you know, I mean, I've been in the trade now for over, over 30 years, just over 30 years. So it was a lot different then in, in the past, um, you know, with, Things that with a strain in totally different. All the materials you use are different. Obviously, technology now is a, is amazing. Um, what we have with like injection molded blocks and seats and all things like this. So you know it, it was um, a lot different then. And uh, then um, I was just obviously worked my way through my apprenticeship then and then I left that company and I worked for Albion um, and then I've been at Albion 30 years this year the end of this year so um, I've worked my way from doing different aspects of the job at Albion you know it, we try to do that with uh, the new guys now as well but you, you, you do all aspects of the job um, with some companies that you only get to do a certain part of uh, on the saddle, um, but now we we try to get them like in the tree room, in the straining departments, in the cutting, um, 
so my, my son, he, he, he came as an apprenticeship um, a few years ago and he, he started out in the cutting department. Then he went to prepping department, um, straining department, you know, all aspects of the saddle, which I did as well, which is I think is an amazing thing to do because it's not just going into a saddle shop and just, um, oh, this is what you do you know do that all day and this that you don't really get to know the saddle itself so you should know if you get the tree you should know how he should look the seat should look the strain and all this stuff so it's it's having all aspects of the saddle is will help you immensely yeah you know, so it's it's yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, I, I just, uh, you know, before we blow by too many, you said so many cool things in in one thing that I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to touch on. So, sorry. you know the, you know the apprenticeship side of it is, um, you know, in this podcast, I keep kind of reminding people that if you're interested in this trade, it's critical you have access to someone who you can apprentice with, or and or. Um, have mentorship, you know, someone to mentor you um, and really help and guide you um, through the whole pro the learning process because um, it it's just helps you grow and develop yeah, so yeah. much so much quicker. And um, oh. yeah, so yeah, that's, that's definitely that the um, the guidance thing with um, it's it's like going through my I'll go back to my time as an apprentice and the people I've worked next to over the, t the time that helps you immensely it's it's, um, it's not just having one person it's it's you know that that way might not be for you so going next to it like we do with the lads in our in Albion at the moment we try and move them around to to the more experienced saddlers and work next to them for for a while, so they get to if that if that guy's got an, another way of doing a certain part, that they'll they'll pick up on that and and uh, so oh that actually that works better for me I'll do it that way and it, it, I think it makes you a more better rounded saddler at yeah. the end of you know the end of it. I find with. Um you know say something that probably most people listening yeah there'll be some saddle makers who who strain trees and block seats but the majority of 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 people would probably be more familiar with say the repair side or the fitting side and you know i think it's critical um for them to hear this like the you know when they're working on a saddle or understanding the process of um you know when they have you know let's say a saddle that's um you know a seat prematurely wearing or you know the you know there's little things that they hopefully will start to recognize as oh that's from you know uh not a great technique of straining a seat um or oh, yeah oh, that's there's some places. Sorry, there's some places that um, that only Frank seats. Um, if people, I don't know if people are aware of that. Um, yeah. So explain what a Frank seat is. I, I I love that term, and I think it'd be great for people to hear this. Yeah, it's it's because um, 
the normal world, the old way of doing stuff was um, you block the seats, which is called blocking the, the leather seat around the tree. So you get all the stretch out of the seat and then you mark your seaming off. Um, but some places, for quickness, um, to, like, uh, to get more saddles out, um, they'll just put a seat pattern um, and then cut around the seat pattern and then it'll be machined onto the skirt and then just put on um, onto the tree that. So you haven't blocked the stretch out of the leather. Yeah. So within time, it starts to, to rub uh, when you, you obviously, you know, you're riding the saddle and you get a lot of... Um, a lot of bagginess then in the seat. Yep. It's, um, yeah. You know, a lot of fitters out there, they'll be seeing that, um, you know, customers complain about, you know, six months to 12 months into owning a saddle, they can see where their seat bones have been um, uh, putting pressure on the leather and stretching it out, or that the seat, yeah. um, generally under the seat bone area, is becoming um, wavy. And a lot of times you get a phone call going, hey, I think there's something up with my tree. And um, yeah. it's actually just mm -hmm. um, because the seat, uh, all the stretch wasn't taken out of it first. So yeah. just to show Albion... Sorry, a, yeah. comment, a couple of comments from people that have been into Albion about that as well. Um, the, um, all these new um, grippy jumpers that people wear, Yep. that can grip too much on the saddle and then start to rub it as well like that and wrinkle the seat. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. You know, as as um, manufacturing techniques <laughs> get, uh, you know, when you're looking for cost savings. Now, Albion, they always block the seat, um, yep. take all the stretch out um, prior yeah, to sewing the skirts on and um yeah. installing the seat onto the tree right yeah that's exactly yeah that. that's a, everything we do yeah yeah definitely i mean we've had um we've I've had people come for jobs like we've uh, i've advertised for saddle makers and we've had lads come for the job and, and they haven't they just can't block a seat i mean they, that's you know we 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 advertise for a saddler and they can't they can't block a seat yeah so you know it's, it's that that's a, the thing you you know we're having to up against sometimes as well yeah in an industry where it's not always mandated like oh this is best practice um yeah. it's it's more hey this is our way of manufacturing when you're trained in house and even yeah. though you may be moved around the factory um, to different jobs, it, it, you know, if it, depending on the type of factory. So, I, you know, I consider Albion to be, you know, absolutely the higher end of, of saddles that are produced as far as quality of materials, but also in the techniques used. Um, and it's, you know, we tend to in North America say, you know, English made and that yeah. covers too much because there's, you know, yes, English made, made in England. Um, it doesn't always mean that it's some kind of um, standard. And I think country of origin, I don't know. This is something I would really love 
to touch on with you and your your opinion that country of origin is starting to mean less in my opinion i don't know how you feel about that like made in morocco versus india versus england versus germany because what i'm seeing now is some countries have really upped their game and some of the countries that are traditional manufacturing bases haven't kept the standard that you would normally associate with that country of, of origin so yeah. you know i I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that um i, th I think with the english made saddles you get a more traditional made saddle like the old school way um which I I think is the best way of making a saddle. With um, other companies, maybe you know, like the Indian ones or, or something like that. Um, I think that it's more of a. Like I touched on before with um, you do it just one specific type of job in the factory, and you know you just go around and you just oh you'll do basically you 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 just do that all day. You just do that all day. And it's it, uh, the skill. I don't, well, the, the, don't get me wrong; there is a skill in that. Um, but for um, making a saddle traditional way, uh, especially with a wall flock panel as well, um, than than a foam panel. Um, obviously, the the flock panel is far better, I think, to um, to adjust um, than than a foam panel and um, yeah I, I don't know it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. So, I so can hear to... I can hear this in your voice because <laughs> you know my background okay you you start off as a saddle fitter the my trajectory was saddle fitter first and then you realize okay to be a really top notch saddle fitter you have to understand saddle making and. Yeah then you get addicted to like, well, I, I want to be able to make a saddle. I want to be able to say, I am a saddle maker, you know, and I'm using asterisks and air quotes here because it's not the same as someone who can produce the highest of quality day in, day out. It's mm -hmm. like, I have yeah. made saddles to call myself a saddle maker, to make myself a better saddle fitter and, and a go-to person in the industry to say, okay, what do you, you know and really geeking out on what are the different saddle making techniques and everything but when you come to it through saddle fitter it's implied that you're well versed in wool panels and people assume to me like they just think oh well you probably think wool is better and I, I won't you know in the last five years having just been immersed in in foam panels so much i i clearly see both sides the benefits to both um you know and i can hear it a little bit in your voice maybe where you're transitioning into look i'm not gonna say you know and i to me to just blanket statement say wool is superior i don't do that anymore i just think you know what if you have an excellent fitter who understands fitting and flocking well, then wool is a good choice for you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if you don't have no, that don't, service, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, I, 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 I agree there is benefits in both. No, I'm not saying it, wool is the, the thing you should go for and everything. There are benefits in both, definitely. But, um, and I think you just touched on it as well with a, a, a good saddle fitter. It's um, the, uh, I think people now are more, like, they try to get the easy option of just to change something instead of going into it more of like you just said of knowing how the saddle goes together um and even even like lacing the front and back end of the saddle yep. so you can you can drop the panel out you know even even just the, the things like that you know the basic stuff to learn so surely that benefits the saddle fit to the self you know, we 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 have fitters coming to the factory now, and, that, and we we're teaching them flocking. We're teaching them different ways, and it's great. And I, I you know, even just the matter of uh, sewing billets on, you know, things like that. It's it's they should learn. They should know stuff like this. They should know all that. You know, it's it's not a matter about picking the the easy saddle to fit because it's easier for me to deal with because all I've got to do is take a couple of screws out here and there. I don't yeah. think it, that's the way forward. Yeah, I think that's a negative in the industry. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can see why people would be excited about interchangeable gullets and that they have their place and purpose. But when you have the knock-on effect or, or the, the end result or byproduct of that is you have... Um, you know, more and more fitters working in the industry that aren't proficient in dropping a panel, having a yeah. good look at the tree, um, yeah. and inspecting for problems. And then, you know, if you do find a problem, like sometimes, you know, if I hadn't have dropped the panel, um, you know, maybe I was hunting down a suspicion that, you know, maybe this tree is spreading under pressure like exactly. it, it yeah yeah you know it, 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 it could be broke or anything you don't know yeah and sometimes you just have to put a visual on it and you've got people yeah. that are like i mean hands up when i first started lacing panels in it took me um hours like hours <laughs> like it yeah. was it was ridiculous amount of time and now i mean it's just you know you could do it blindfolded but you know, and the only th- and yeah. what I found was like, oh, if if it was um, um, a Barnsby, it it was easy. And that when I got started, that was the most common. They're not in business anymore, so I'm I'm not I'm not <laughs> I can't I, yeah, yeah. I don't have yeah, to worry yeah, about yeah, Albion coming at me yeah. saying, hey, you're promoting another product. Yeah, yeah. But there was just so many yeah. of them, and they were so easy to to drop the panels and put back together and then you would run into say a you know particular german brand that would just be like wow i can't i can't do this i'm gonna have to take this home i'm gonna have to drive it to a friend's house who knows who's done these before seriously like when you're just getting started but that's that's the Mm -hmm. the knock-on effect of making things easier and simpler is that people Mm -hmm. will be like hey look i only drop a panel like twice a year and um, mm. I'm not going to unless you force me to, and I'm certainly not going to yeah. do it at the farm. And to me, I like I rarely ever take a saddle away. It's always no, no. Let's let's have a look now. 
and then you know in real time a client can see me exposing um the underside of the tree and they can see in real time yep no tricks no nothing no gimmicks like you saw the head of a rivet fall out of your saddle as i opened it up um and and you know that's instead of that you know email a few days later going well worst case scenario i found the following and it's you feel like a a used car uh, mechanic almost sometimes going yep you're gonna need you know your blinker fluid filled (laughs) right like yeah 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 Yeah, i've actually repaired one this week where um it was just a matter of repairing the um the knee blocks on the flaps and um so I had to take the flaps out. So I had to strip the saddle back. And then the, st- the tree was broke straight down the middle. So either side. So that's a new tree then. Yeah. You know, so otherwise you wouldn't have known that if you don't actually take anything, you know, anything apart or anything. Yep. So it's, 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 I think I think people, you know, if 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 you are handling saddles and doing saddles, especially you know, the new saddle fitters and stuff, to to come and work on the bench for a period of time is is a I think I think it's a must going forward. Yeah, you know, I encourage definitely. I encourage people because they, you know, I get asked, you know, where can I go for training, and it's it's not just one stop shopping, and I really encourage them to like just invite yourself to a factory you know if you're if you're repping their saddles you know a good brand like albion i see through social media that you guys have kind of open house days you know saddle fitters yeah we have workshop days yeah yeah definitely we have workshop days and more and more now yeah we yeah it's really good yeah and just for for us in in the workshop as well just talking to the people who are out there fitting and it's just like what we can do to help them. Even even a matter of moving a flocking um, hole just to help them, which we've we have done on a couple of panels. You know, it's it's little little things like that. We can work with each other, which you know, which you know is great. I think yeah. it, going forward is great. That's brilliant. And um, that's the one thing what encouraged me. You know, I kind of was excited for for me when Albion was acquired, and and I got a chance to to work under that again on on British made saddle and Albion in particular, which was always regarded as you know a a really super quality brand. But the fact that you guys actually you know listen, the doors are open, and there's um, you know this conversation that goes on um yeah that i really love i i'm sure there'll be people the saddle fitters out there that you know the the one kind of biggest pet peeve that they have is that when they raise a concern they get told well it's, it's like that for a reason and they don't get told the reason <laughs> you know yeah. and it's and it and it's instead of explaining like either a yeah it is for a very sound reason like saddles if we constructed it any other way it would be um a safety issue or cause premature wearing or 
whatever but when you you know kind of say okay here here's why we do it this way and you know i find that um great so the state of the trade the one thing i found really really cool you know there's you know a lot of people have said to me oh it's a dying art or a dying trade and i'm kind of like well yeah maybe but i mean you've you have your son now working uh, for albion and um and working with you yeah, in, um, in wellington now yeah 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 he's, he's with me now in wellington doing the repairs and and uh helping out so he's yeah he's he's done well over um since he he, he came to albion he's we we, we, we sort of recognized what you just touched on with saying it's, it's a dying trade we recognize in albion itself with the, the age of the saddlers that we needed new saddlers young saddlers so um we had um we had two guys come uh, who were around the late 20s at the time and then and then we've had um another guy who was actually working in the tree room at the at albion he's worked his way through and he's he's now um a saddler which who i taught he's a saddler and it, he works next to me at albion and then uh, my son as well who's came who came through what well, i taught through covid he was um he was there through covid so there's only me could go near him um so i taught him until after covid then he went on work next to somebody else um and then i did um this year or last year sorry we did um the worshipful saddlers competition in london uh, where they took the saddles down that they, they made and um alec the the apprentice the last apprentice he actually won the competition and samuel with his saddle came second so you know it's i was well pleased with that and everyone at albion was really pleased with that so you know we did well that's brilliant and for people yeah. that you know maybe north americans that don't um understand maybe exactly what the the worshipful sorry i can't pronounce it <laughs> worshipful company Full company of saddlers yeah yeah so what role do they play and what how are they different from the society of master saddlers Oh, the Society of Master Saddlers is, is um, like the qualification. So you, you go and do your courses. Um, I think it's fair. I think it is all linked. Um, now you've you've put me on the spot there because I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fine. But <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, I know the the Master Saddlers qualification is something you do, um, and you do certain parts of the saddle to make to show you can do this this. Um, com- you know, competitively, and and then you get your qualification. Qualification as th- this is another thing as is a bugbear of mine. Um, is the qualification of a master saddler? Yeah. Um, whereas some people in the trade who have been in the trade over thirty years, like myself, who haven't got that qualification because it's one of those things you have to be put up with for it by your company or somebody else has to put you forward for it. Um, whereas if somebody who's just started out 
and then goes down to make make a bridal and do bit the saddle and and get this qualification, and people see they've got this qualification. It's 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 like do you go for the one with a qualification or one who's somebody who's been doing the job for thirty odd years? It's it's you know it's it's one of those things. It's, I I think everybody should. But, you know, after you've been in the trade or doing it for a certain amount of time, then you go in for it and be put forward for it. Yes. So I, everyone who has a qualification has some idea of what, you know, what a saddle is and entails. Yes. Um, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I've been in the trade now 25 years and... Um, I did not go that route. I had nothing to do with the society and and it's you know and just being the son of British immigrants, I understand the whole uh apprenticeship thing and the term master um but, but you know my father who was a master cabinet maker um you know when I was considering going into that trade, he said, you know uh, it doesn't, you know, doing things the way I did, the the way he did, you know, was one of those, uh, you know, earning that title and then moving to North America where uh, I get called a master saddler all the time. And I used to correct people. I said, please don't use that term. It doesn't apply to me. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, yeah. how else would I describe you? And I'm like, I'm just a saddler. Mm -hmm. But it, it's that you can see they kind of get deflated a little bit where because they're like well i why wouldn't you be <laughs> and and you're saying the same thing i mean it just makes sense that you know if you're recognized in the industry as i mean and you're in your at albion you're you're performing so much more than saddle making i mean there's pattern making i'm sure you're influencing and and uh talking about how seats are strained and the foam's built up and how bellies are placed on a tree and um yeah. you know block placement billet placement there's so many things that people assume a saddle maker might know and they yeah. don't because they don't have one component like assembling saddles for 20 years is not the same as really thinking and problem solving and recutting patterns so that they function better, yeah, yeah. right? And yeah, that that yeah. to me is, you know, the true definition of someone who's, you know, you know, again, quote unquote master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it, Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. It's something that's I mean a bit um I don't like to burn bridges and I don't like to say like I don't mind being controversial at all, but I I I it's mm -hmm. just I don't want to say to anyone you don't need that that's you know or whatever but it's it's a it's oversold you know like you say someone with with minimal experience can say have more credentials than someone who's got real world practical experience and it's very hard for the end user to go well wait a minute if i'm just going based on your social media here's someone with no qualifications and someone with tons uh you know, and I always encourage people as far as picking a saddle fitter is is 
work off their reputation. If they have a reputation for a high standard and not just about the quality of their work, but do they treat clients with respect? Are they knowledgeable in other brands? Do they mm-hmm. pressure you into buying something you don't need? You know, all those are all things that aren't necessarily, uh, I see fitters from all walks of life and background do things that I think, ah, well, you know, that's not, you know, you kind of got invited to the farm based on your qualifications and then you got there and then did all the same things that people dislike about say a brand rep or, um, you know, so it's, I don't see any difference sometimes. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, can I, um, I want to, we could ramble on all different aspects and stuff, but I think, again, coming yeah. back to Albion and what makes Albion unique, uh, okay. you know, because this is, I don't mind saying this is a bit of a sales pitch for me. You know, I'm, I, it's no secret now that I um, am selling Albions and, and fitting Albions. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And this is, you know, why not sing their praises? Because the reason I came out of the workshop and back onto the road wasn't just, oh, I feel like fitting saddles again. It was like, no, I want to be involved with Albion in particular. Because when mm-hmm. you see, you know, I, you know, kind of my tagline now is I tell people, like, I, I, I look at Albion as a saddle fitter's tool. That they're nice to fit. The company can understand all the tracings and pictures and they actually build a saddle to reflect that versus say giving it some lip service or being told oh just bang some flocking in and you know hope for the best right so yeah can you speak to a little bit behind the scenes when a when a wither tracing comes in or or how you you know kind of support a fitter from uh, coming from look i don't quite have the perfect saddle for this client we're doing a full made to measure so can you just walk through the steps of that uh, yeah we um we have the, every saddle thing so we we have a uh, like yourself we um we'll have the template book um so obviously they'll go they'll look at the template book um and they'll see which saddle will fit that well they do the template obviously the horse and draw the line on the template book and they will actually see um we have a a clear plastic film that goes on top of the template book with each saddle um range so that will be put on top and then um you will see then the line of what it'll have an slk it'll have revelation or something and you can see then what head shape will fit to to your your horse, um, and then there's all options we can do. There might be the head might fit perfect, but the the points might um, dig in. Um, so what we can do is we can flare the points. Um, we can you know do all sorts of things like that to make you know. A, a better fit for your for the horse. We we can change the seat profile um, for the rider, um, and then it goes on to 
I think it goes on to the experience of the guys in the tree room as well. So, you know, we have a lot of guys at, at Albion now who've worked there over 30 years. So during that period of working with the, the old boss that we used to have, Paul and Sherry, who were very knowledgeable people in the horse trade. Uh, and we, But they've learned a lot from those people. So, and then we have knowledgeable people um, also working there, you know, with Het, who does a lot of the saddle templates. Um, and she'll explain what's needed on the tree and Rob in the tree room. He will then make that head exactly to the template. So we, we work closely with the customer now and the, or the fitter as well. And there's also other things we can change, you know, any whatever we could change uh, strap positions on the tree, like a back strap, you know, webs here or there. You know, a lot of people. It's it's not all. That, when I started Albany, it was all. Um, you had a job of four. They were all four were the same. You just did four. It's everything is more one 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 bespoke now you know this that and so we we can do mostly anything behind the scenes and you know we we have the saddle fitters come in um to go over things with them so it's it's going forward communication is a massive thing i think yes that helps (laughs) and i feel like just as a saddle fitter you know um to speak in 2024 you know you feel seen you feel heard you know when you yeah. when you you know th- that your questions and i'm sure you know hat in the office she's heard some of these things a million times and is probably banging her head against the wall but it's <laughs> you never feel that way you never feel like oh here we go you know it it always is yep okay this is you know very patient and educational and even um i had a you know a potential client she um you know i saw her she test rode in some saddles and 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 had more questions and she just called them direct she didn't even call me she was like (laughs) yeah i thought i would just call them directly just to you know you know part of it was to verify some of the things I'd said during the fitting, but, and she called me afterwards and and said, yeah, they were, they were so wonderful to deal with and explained to me everything I needed to know. Um, and, um, you know, basically echoed what you'd said. And so I felt good that, Hey, you know, my training, you know, was good and that we're all on the same page and yeah, it, it was good. And I, I was surprised because, um, how many companies would just say, "Hey, you can't call us direct. You have to deal with your your local rep." And yeah, I was I was actually very very happy to hear that. No, she got exactly what she needed from the brand, right? Like that. Yeah, you yeah. know. And uh, yeah, I I don't know. I just felt like it was a positive experience. Um, hopefully, I'm explaining it the way most people would perceive yeah, it yeah. to be a positive experience. Like, yeah. you know, um. And because there's so much. What, I hope that's what everyone gets from us as well, you know, going forward. We want that. We want that, like you said before, the feedback. We want that positive experience, you know. So, you know, if, if it, if it's just a change in the slightest thing, block 
block height, width, anything. You know, it's it's it's, it's not it's it's not really a big issue. Things like that, you know, it's just little tweaks here and there. So you know, it's it's. I, yeah. If anyone wants that type of thing, you know, definitely going forward. Yeah, definitely, I, definitely ask inquire. I tell people all the time: there's a big, big difference for a for a saddler or a company making a saddle for export versus this saddle is going to Jennifer O'Reilly in Canada. We're making this for this person. Here's her template. Here's pictures of her horse. Here's, you know, a little note from the fitter. You're making a saddle for somebody. And it just, the companies that transition well into that, I think are the ones that will be really set up for success because the economy, you know, saddles are just getting more and more expensive. But you can't yeah. just say, oh, you know, our prices went up, um, you know, 30% this year. What are you going to do? You know, interest rates, fuel costs, and everything else. You kind of have to say, and here's also the value-added things. Like, these these aren't being banged out on um, piecework and lots of four. We're making you yeah. your saddle. And I, I think there's – yeah. I try to tell people they're, they might look the same, but there is a difference, you know. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I think probably the guys at the bench might – I shouldn't say guys, people, because there's lots of um, all all genders involved. But the, yeah, exactly. the, 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 pe- <laughs> the people in the industry, um, I don't know, maybe sometimes they might feel like, yeah, I can see a name. I can see a name on that order. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it might mean something. Yeah. yeah. And as far as uh, – yeah, that- Sorry. Yeah, that, that I mean, that's true. Yeah, that, that people have we've had people come in the factory and they say, "Oh, uh, I've got this order, this order," and they've actually been there while the saddle is actually being made. So that that you know that that they couldn't believe it, watching their own saddle be going through the process and being made. So it's you know it's it's it's, it's a good thing, it's definitely a good thing. Yeah. That's great. And, you know, as far as the manufacturing of trees, there's been a lot, a lot of talk on social media lately about, um, you know, some fitters are trying to flex their muscle by talking about trees as a as some kind of flex, like, oh, let's talk trees. And, and because, you know, clearly they might think, that the company they rep for has some superiority in that area. And I, I kind of smugly think, yeah, it's still not as all encompassing as, as say a company like Albion that produces the trees in house. And, and, and you have the ability to make, you're not, as you say, you're not taking a tree you have the ability to do a bespoke tree, do you not? Yes, we do. Yeah, we have yeah. the ability. Yeah, yeah. We we can. Um, I mean, we did recently done obviously the um, the flat trees for the the CCs. So um, obviously, we can do our own patterns. We can do. You know, we can change. 
um, any head, you know, different shapes, you know, cantle sizes, this, that, you know. So, yeah, we have the we have the option there to do the bespoke tree. Yeah, I don't want to make the, it for s- the horse, which, sound which like is it's great. Yeah, I don't want to oversell and say, oh, it's easy. We do it all the time to make a one-off tree, but it, you know, it's something that with your manufacturing capabilities you can do it and have done it yeah yeah we have we well definitely do it and i've done it yeah a, a lot of the time we it's like you pointed out everything is more bespoke now um so for the for the the customer might want um the seat profile that of the, the, the foam seat you know they might want a, a different feel of that a softer seat or a raise in the head, you know. So it's it's things like that because we do it obviously in house. We we can change that as we go in the process. Nice, and seat profiles, as in, you know, somebody had kind of asked me today. Oh, ask him about you know rear balance seats, and I kind of was like, yeah, a lot of companies. Um, I, I call it a lazy, well, lazy. I don't know what I'm talking about specifically, but when you see seats that are strained, um, and this is getting geeky a little bit, but this is the point of this podcast. So if you're straining a seat and yeah. you follow the angle of the pommel, if if you take the head of the tree and just say yeah. put a put a ruler on it, it would... The, the kind of lowest point of the seat would be more towards the back of the tree, would it not? So when you're straining, if you're not pulling your front webs down and moving the the low point more into the center, I mean, do you find... Do you, do, first off, do you, you know, your straining techniques... I guess the question uh, is, you know, where are you trying to put the balance point? Of the, the person sitting in the seat, you mean? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the, obviously, um, balance point um, is... Cool. Well, you can call is it, it the center of... The, this <laughs> is the thing. I say yeah, this all yeah. the time. Balance has a million definitions in the horse industry. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But there's this little tiny flat spot. I call it sweet spot, flat spot, the center of the seat. Um, but it yeah. implies it's always in the center. And sometimes it's, you know, it, it, the relationship between the stirrup bar and that little flat spot where the person's center of weight is going to be. Um, yeah. And yeah. some models, yeah, it's further back. And some models, it's... It, well, it, it obviously ranges with jumps and dressages and, you know, different types of dressage are different depending on, on the the head height and the cantle difference. So it's, it's there is a lot of difference in which we have options, you know, with a Fabrento and the, the, the revelations, the dressage. So it's, it's, we have different options with that. So that's, again, it's, it's, it's personal choice because we have the different ranges. So it's, 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 and that is again, something you could work with, with the customer. 
Yep. Yeah, to, to, you know, if they say, oh, I like this, uh, you know, I like this revelation, but I prefer the feel of this SLK. Um, can you strain that the same as that? And we, we could work around that, yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. And again, that's yeah. something very kind of, I don't know, unique, um, like another real you know upsell to, to to choose albion or work with an albion fitter i think because th that yeah. open-mindedness to be flexible yeah right yeah, yeah well yeah i think i think going forward it's you know it, it's more high-end bespoke saddles and you have to be flexible we do need for the customer definitely yeah and, yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's a one i mean i certainly get that sense from talking with you and any any interactions i've had with with people throughout um throughout albion is that there's um um you know that willingness and an understanding of of yeah. cus customer service and the fact that it's coming you know down to the shop floor so to speak it's not just sales and marketing yeah. uh speak it's actually right through and you know you can tell from from again from social media that when when people come to do a tour that they're actually like oh yeah we're going into the shop and you're going to be handling some tools and you're going to actually you know kind of yeah have a go yeah well and yeah, i think yeah. it, but we always we always ask people that you know what is, is there anything you want to specifically look at or you know, or have a go at, or that you need to brush up on, and things like this. So it's, it's, yeah, you know, it, we've offered people to come in, a, you know, a few days to learn. You know, learn flo flocking is one of the hardest things to teach because it's all in, in the field. You know, it's, it's, it's so it's, it's. I think you know, it, learning that, adjusting the flocking, and. Um, and lacing, just billet changes, um, lacing the back of the back of the saddle in the heading, you know, things like that. It's uh, yeah, yeah. We 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 come in, teach you, have a go, definitely. Nice, good, More yeah. Than welcome. Well, <laughs> I can absolutely gas on and on and on and on for hours, but I'm not going to. I'm okay. gonna. Uh, just yeah. ended here i really <laughs> is appreciate i mean there's so many facets to the industry and every company i mean just you know i i think that you know for people thinking about purchasing a saddle and they can hear you know you you know a real person behind you know that's on the shop floor that's you know you've you've encouraged your son to come into the industry as well that's like the biggest single most um you'll find you'll find with um yeah yeah it's over the years it's it's um there's if in warsaw generally there's a lot of family involved in the trade um with you know it's it's just passed passed along with that obviously warsaw the, the you know, with the saddlers, the football nickname, the saddlers, and you know stuff like that. So it's 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 been over the years. It's 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 just if you you're around Warsaw, there was always somebody 
you knew or family member was in the leather trade. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 always been a a, a good thing to get into. Yeah. Well, and I just every time I've ever visited there, I've always been because you get that sense that there's a whole culture about the place of leather goods manufacturing, yeah. the saddlery trade, and um, you know coming yeah. from uh, from North America, you just get absolutely excited about it <laughs> i'm sure living it day in day out is i mean i'm sure it's refreshing you going to to florida and just seeing a different aspect of the industry and um yeah well it's it's, it's well you never stop learning that's another thing it's you know it, i'm i'm open-minded to learn a lot of things you never stop never stop learning so it's 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 good for me yeah, you know, it's, it's um, and obviously working with Lim now, being part of Lim, it's good, good for the whole group as well that we can all do different types of saddles. Yeah, and I have to admit, you know, um, it's a happy place for me because there is a, a culture of of sharing, um, and there is no attitude towards, you know, oh, this is how it's done or this is how we do it. It's it's a very much a. Uh, sharing yeah. sharing uh, and and knowledge sharing uh company i love that i love that aspect yeah yeah it's definitely i mean since the takeover it's it's been amazing the um you know talking to different people um in france in nonton and and stuff the the team there and everything how knowledgeable they are with things you know so going forward it's it's hopefully it's going to be amazing for us yeah and uh again it's going to sound like I've drunk some Kool-Aid or or something but you know people tend to think that this is that that the limb acquiring new companies that they're they're somehow desperately trying to uh homogenize or just make everything single track and I'm like no yeah, the yeah. what they're acquiring is knowledge they're learning they're growing exactly exactly it, you know yeah, if exactly one one yeah. company has a certain expertise they share that with the other ones and if they can stream yeah. streamline or save uh costs of overheads somewhere then they do that too you know and it's all it's all positive it's it's uh yeah definitely oh yeah. and you can imagine the um the the noise around warsaw when the takeover happened and uh, it was all Albion's gone now that all the saddles are going to be made abroad and they'll be all cheap these cheap that and all this that and, and, and like you just touched on there Lim just each company they own is their own company um, and we there's just the knowledge to, to pick from yep. from those companies and, and the people involved which is amazing it's great yeah, it's been my experience from from day one, and my uh, view on that hasn't changed in five years. It's it's really exciting to yeah. see, actually. And you know, when yeah. you know an industry that's so so old, and it's it's easy to see that yeah, some companies they want to grow just by pumping more saddles out, but yeah, you know, there's other you know there's other ways when you acquire a new brand, and yeah, you get more market share but you also gain you know you know the, the the all the history of albion coming in yeah it's very cool yeah yeah all right paul yeah. i cannot thank you enough for this i'm just 
you know, I love talking to you. I just think, um, you know, this is for sure, a, you know, an interesting podcast because I haven't touched on real anybody, any British manufacturing and, and that insight. So it's kind of refreshing to yeah. hear for sure. No, it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you uh, touched out to me about it and uh, it's been good. I enjoyed it and uh, hopefully I'll come uh, come over to you and uh, we can work together over there for a few weeks. Oh, I would love that. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah. Put that on the, on the list. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul, thank you very much, and um, yeah, okay. super. My name is Paul Smith, uh, factory manager at Albion Saddlemakers, and I've just been speaking to Christian Lowe on his podcast. Um, I met Christian last year at Team Wellington, and we hit it off quite well. Uh, he knows a lot about saddles and, and English saddles, which is a good thing. This has been the Saddler's Post with Christian Lowe. Thank you for listening. The Saddler's Post is sponsored by Christian Lowe Leather Care. Visit christianlowe.ca.